What did I say? Peter, John. Which one did I say? John. Amen. How many of y'all got third John? Third John. Grab third John. If you got it, shout, I got it. You need a second? Say, hold on a second. Okay. So this is the way this works. If you uh, find a, bio, a, 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 a group of um, a Bible books that only have one chapter, it is not, you don't really pronounce it like third John chapter one. You just say third John Two. Okay, that's just the way that will work. If you were, if you opened up Jude, Jude is another book. That's one chapter. It would be Jude one or Jude five or Jude thirteen, and that's the way you just go right to that verse. So let's go to third, third John two, third John two, and I've been doing a series for the last couple of weeks about um, uh, about health, and I've been doing a, a, a series. Uh, centered around the escape room that got that there is an escape from some of the emotional and the spiritual conundrums that life brings us there's an escape from it I don't I, I don't know about you if you've ever been felt like you were caught in a season of your life or caught in the pit of your of your your own mind or your own thinking and felt like you never get out God says that with every temptation I will make a way of what he says, I'll help you escape. You can get out of whatever you're in. I'm going to say that till y'all get it. You can get out of whatever you're in. Amen? Uh, so in that regard, that's being our, our monthly series, I want to do a third installment about our health. Somebody shout health. Listen to what the Word of God says in, uh, in the second verse. He says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Somebody shout health. Just as your soul prospers, my prayer to you is that there, you would be in health as your soul prospers. In God, to God, now this is critical, stay with me now. To God, there is a parallel between my spiritual development and my health development. That my spirituality should not outpace my natural, emotional, and spiritual health. My spiritual health should not be at a zero while my spiritual, I mean, excuse me, my spiritual health shouldn't be at a 10 while my natural health is at a one. He's helping us with the parallel of understanding that it is important that you see yourself as a whole picture and that a part of that picture as you're growing in grace with God, that you're also growing in the maturation with your body, understanding that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? All right, so I want you to find three people real quick, and I want you to tell them this. De declare to them, say, God wants you healthy. 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 Okay, those were the wrong three people. Find three more people, and I want you to tell them, God wants you healthy. God wants you healthy. God wants you healthy. All right? Now, Father, I do bless you, and I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the, the power and the principles that is found in your word. I, I thank you for what is supernatural in your word. And, Father, what I do pray is over the next few moments, you will send an anointing that makes teaching the gospel simple, but even more important, on a subject that some people just like to stay away from, especially in church. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Lord, we bless you, we honor you, in Christ's name. Amen? Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, it's just church. It's just church. Um, I, I, it, so one of the things that is really critical as we begin to, to have this dialogue, this dialogue about our, our health, is that for this entire month, we've been preaching on a totality of health, a whole health. 
not just uh, in, in body, which partly we'll talk about today, but we've been teaching over the course of the last four weeks about emotional health and about spiritual health. Because it is critical that you understand that even though many of us in here are blood washed, love Jesus, going to heaven, all that good stuff that you say you're going through, we are not always sound in mind. We're not always good in our minds. We're not always healthy in our minds. And this idea that God wants us to be healthy, we have been preaching and teaching over the last X amount of weeks the power of what it means to have a good self-esteem according to the word of God, to have good self-worth according to the word of God, the reality that you don't have to live in depression by the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That all of these are part of the natural journey of a human being, but God gives us ways that we can avert, avoid, avoid rather, and at times evade these emotional conundrums that we oftentimes find ourselves in. We learned a few weeks ago that in this room, that, that in this room, at least 37% of us have suffered from depression of some sort whether it is the variety that is extremely, extremely uh, uh, dangerous or whether it's a temporary season of depression. That according to the statistics, 37% of the people in this room, or excuse me, 25% uh, of the people in this room suffer from depression. Now, the, the harrowing reality of that is that of the 25% of the people that are suffering from depression, only 37% actually go get help for it. Which means that all the rest of us just suffer in silence. Which means that all the rest of us just, just struggle through the conundrum, believing that we can pull ourselves out, believing that we, have, we, can, we can do this, believing, and while everything around us is crumbling, depression never lets us see that the foundation is eroding. It always makes us think we got this. And this is the reality of what we talked about the last couple of weeks. We talked about the power of God to pull us out of, de out of depression through his word. We also, uh, and through very practical means, which has to do with relationship or therapy or so for some that are very severe, even medicinal ways to get out of depression. So we talked about how God, through his word, gave us instructions of how to move through that. Last week, we talked about this idea of self-esteem or self-worth. That God has an opinion about your life. That God has an opinion about your life. And, and, and the issue about God's opinion and your opinion oftentimes differ. Because self-esteem and self-value is oftentimes associated by the self. And to understand the way that God operates is that when it comes to God, the idea of you giving yourself value is the most anti-biblical concept that you could ever operate in. Any more than this speaker can give itself value, you can't give yourself value because according to the word of God, we are created things. And the thing that has been created cannot value itself, especially when you are still developing into the self that you're going to be. Are you following what I'm saying? You don't know how valuable you are because you don't even really know who you are yet. You're still developing with every ache and with every pain and with every frustration and with everything that you go through in your life. You're finding a new you under every pain that life takes you through. So it's difficult to say how much you're worth because, because if you do say how much you're worth, you're going to change your value every time you go through something. But God, creator of all things, is the one that creates us. He creates the way that we do life and we, he creates the human being. And he has given you a value that is, that is based off of everything he knows about you, not just the information that you know about you. 
He knows the eternal you, not the 38-year-old you. Are y'all with me this morning? That's critical that we understand that. So now, when it comes to self-value, it's really not adopting what we think about ourselves, but really adopting what God thinks about us. And it is accepting the word of God and what God has had to, has had to say about us because you will act according to the value of what you believe. You will only give this world and give yourself what you believe you're supposed to operate in. And one of the reasons why people treat you so trashy is because you don't think you're worth a whole lot more than, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And, and I know we say this out of our mouth, but all you got to do is look at who you date. Okay, I, I know you keep saying that you're worth everything, but all you got to do is look at the conditions you choose to stay in or the environment you choose to keep yourself around in. It can only be one or two things, either that I've lost the value of myself or I just don't know that I shouldn't be in this situation. Are you following me this morning? So God gives you a word about your life and he calls you fearless and he calls you wonderfully made and he calls you the head and he says you're not the tail and all these wonderful things that God tells you hoping that you'll come into agreement with what he thinks about your life so that you can look at your life and make decisions about your life that says that I am greater than the circumstance that I have found myself in. All right? And that comes by the word of God. Somebody shout the word of God. That Somebody shout the word of God. That comes by the word of God. When you get to the point where you realize that you are not deserving of all the hell that you've allowed to happen in your life and you say that I am God's child and I don't deserve to live this way, to live around these kind of crazy folks, to always struggle in everything of my life, to have these images and thoughts running through my head. Once we determine that God values me more than I have been valuing myself, you will make demands on this universe to pull you out out of what you have been placed in are you following me are you following me most of the places where you are right now in your life God didn't put you there you put you there yeah, I'm, a, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen most of the junk that you've got happening in your world most of the craziness you've got happening around you most of the people that you have connected to you God didn't send crazy to you some of us don't know that we are more valuable than the crazy that we settle for some of us don't haven't realized that we are more valuable than the junk that we put ourselves in. And once you get an understanding that I am better than somebody pushing on me or punching on me, that I'm better than somebody calling me out my name every time she get mad, that I'm better than somebody devaluing me and trying to hurt me and undercut my destiny and my future. Once you determine that I am that you are worth more than that, then you will make decisions on yourself and on everything around you that has to do one of two things it either has to absorb you in it more or expel you out of it I don't know about you but I've been pushing myself out of some situation simply because I raised my standard uh-huh are you hearing what I'm saying simply because I thought more of myself and more of my gift and more of my idea and more of my destiny and more of what I wanted for this life as soon as I thought more of it it wasn't that the devil was it wasn't like the devil was like you you you, you know uh, go ahead and be free the circumstance says I can't have all this positivity around me the circumstance said I can't have all this believing for a, a next level around me because the circumstance wanted to be angry and be despondent and be frustrated and once you start to act counterculture to the place where you have allowed yourself to sink to it will ask you out 
This is the way that God operates. This is the way that God operates. So it's critical that we start to see ourselves the way God sees us. And this is why I pulled this particular text out of John chapter 3. As the Spirit of God started to challenge me, he started to say, he, he started to speak to my heart that I want my people healthy. Somebody shout healthy. Say that again. Shout healthy. He says, I want my people healthy. Now, I'm like, God, you want us to go to the gym? Is that what you're looking for? You're trying to get us to slim down? Even though God does want you, some of us. I'm, I'm going to help y'all in here. Even though God does want some of us to get healthier in body, and I know y'all don't want to hear me preach that, but I got scripture for that. I'm going to show you in a few minutes that God, that you, that God don't, but God wants the total picture of your health to be fitting of who he is. God wants you to be healthy. What does healthy mean? Healthy means unbroken. Healthy means fitted, fit together. Healthy, by definition, it means without disease. It means sound. And sound is important because sound means working. Sounds mean without obstruction. Sound means without dis-ease. Somebody shout dis-ease. To be healthy is to be sound. To be healthy is to be put together. To be healthy is to be strong and competent and able to perform what you were called to perform. Dis-ease is not bacteria and it's not virus. It's not sickness the way that we have come to know the idea of disease disease is simply this what it means to be diseased is to be uh, is to have order obstructed so it's this idea that there is supposed to be an easement there's supposed to be a simplicity of the way things operate in your world in your life in your body in the, there's supposed to be a simplicity and dis-ease is when there is an obstruction to the easing of the of of order happening in your life when you start to have things out of order, when you start to have things out of order in your body, when you start to have things out of order in your finance, when you have things out of order in your mind, you are said biblically to be diseased. There is no lo no long there is a disruption of order and there is diseasement taking place. Now, the good news about that is that God said that I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you of your sickness, watch this, and disease. That's what, the, that's what it means. Jehovah Rapha is Lord that helps you from your sickness, God the healer. But Rafika says of sickness and disease. That, that means that there are two different things. Sickness, you know, is, is, is directly related to your body. Disease is related to everything in your life life that is no longer in order and I don't know who I'm talking to but you came here this morning because some of you in this room got to get some things in your life back in order and the church said so how does how does my life get out of disorder how is my life no longer in order how did my life get diseased well I'm going to help you understand something that that the initiant is not you you're not the primary person of the disease in your life. You've just been carrying on the legacy of disease that is in humanity. As the Bible believer, we believe the, the scripture's context as it relates to sin. What happens now is that Adam, created by God as the first initiate human being on this earth, has been given assignment by God. He tells him, subdue the earth, that everything in the earth will be under your order or your authority. He said, organize it, subdue it work it make it become beautiful make it have some sense of organization to it make cities and make water uh, work on your behalf make the sun and the solar work on your behalf find ways to take all these natural resources and make them work for you 
because I have told it that when Adam speaks to it, it should follow Adam's command. Now, Adam, all you have to do is follow my command, that as I speak to you, you can speak to it, and that is order. Somebody shall order. Somebody shall order. Everything that God has given command to you is subject to your authority. That means everything that you are authorized in this earth to operate and have authority over is subject to your authority. Somebody shout, I have authority. There are things in your life that God has given you authority over. He lets you birth it out of your body or it birthed out of your mind or it birthed out of your heart. When God allows you to birth something, you become the parent of what has been birthed and it is order for you to have authority over what you have birthed in the earth so your business shouldn't get out of your hands. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Your children shouldn't get out of your hands. Your business should not be dictating your joy. You should be dictating its joy. Your children shouldn't be telling you what to do. You should be telling. Boy, it got quiet in here. I, it's important because it's out of order. And this is what happens in Genesis chapter 3 is that when Adam chooses to uh, dishonor God and to walk away from God's obedient command, he, he, he broke the order. He, de he decided that he would be the king of his own life and make decisions about his own destiny and decisions about his own future, and he broke the order. Now, what happened in the natural world when he broke a spiritual order? Because anytime you break spiritual laws, something shifts in your natural life okay I'm gonna just keep preaching till y'all get that uh, anytime you break spiritual command spiritual principle something shifts in your natural life that's the way it works spiritual principle that the, Bi the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a little folding of your arms and crossing of your feet and poverty will creep on you like a bandit that is a spiritual uh, spiritual law if you decide that you're not gonna work you decide that you're gonna take all your good God-given ability and plop it up on the couch and play uh, uh, you know uh, Madden all weekend if that's what you're gonna do with your gift and your talent God made a spiritual principle promise to you that poverty is going to creep up on you and before you realize it you're going to be broke y'all ain't talking back to me in here now that ain't deep that's principle and if you violate that spiritual law it will have a natural expression in your life nobody gets around that nobody can out shout that and out dance that you're not so saved that that won't happen to you if you decide to stop working and stop bringing in income your bills will pile up and there is another ministry that will come and pick up all your stuff and put it on the corner. Uh-huh. Oh, y'all, see, there isn't a, and that's the way this operates. So stay with me with this. It's because now it say, uh, uh, Adam has broken the idea that is associated with order. When he breaks the order, the spiritual command, it starts to shift in the natural. Now the animal kingdom is no longer subject to him. He now has fear over it. He is afraid of what he once had authority over. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. He was afraid over what he once was able to have authority of. Then he broke relationship with God and he goes and hides himself instead of repenting and making relationship with God. He breaks off relationship with God because when we are disobedient to the spiritual command of God, what we call sin in the Christian world, when you are sinful, what it does is it 
it doesn't make God mad at you. It makes God separate from you. So Adam is now separate from God, and we've got a problem because now Adam is hiding behind a garden, a tree, trying to cover himself with leaves, and God is looking for him. He has relationship. He doesn't have relationship anymore. Here's the funny thing about relationship is that God is looking for Adam, but Adam is in the place where they always, you know, they, he's in the Garden of Eden where they always used to hang out. This is interesting. I think this is a dynamic that we need to look at a little bit closer, is that the Garden of Eden is where they always hang out, and, I, and God is in the Garden of Eden looking for Adam because Adam broke relationship with him. Isn't it funny that you can be in the same house and still not know where each other isn't, that, isn't it interesting that you can be in the same church and not know what each other and, and miss one another? That's what happens when you break relationship. And there are people that come to church every Sunday. There are people that give all the time that don't have relationship with God. Because when God saved you, I'm going to mess some of y'all religious folks up. He did not save you from hell. When God saved you, he saved you for the sake of restoring relationship with you. Can I help you theologians out real quick? You have to remember something about heaven. Is that heaven, though I believe it is a real place, it is not a permanent place. God created mankind to have dominion over the earth he told mankind to have dominion over the earth so if he takes you to heaven and keeps you in heaven you'll never have dominion over the earth so now the bible says in the book of revelation that i saw a number that i could not number and that when god came back down to the earth we reigned on earth with him so heaven will never be our permanent home heaven is a temporary spot until god restores all things and guess where all of us are coming back to the earth why because God gave a word that said we're gonna have dominion over the earth I just messed up all y'all Christian that couldn't wait to get to heaven and I'm gonna walk on streets with gold and I'm gonna dance till I never grow old and all that good stuff no yeah you're gonna do that but you're not staying there you're gonna come back and if you keep reading your Bible you're gonna have assignments in the earth and it is going to be the way God saw it. Why? Because God's word will always come to pass. I need to help somebody in here that thought God forgot about you, that thought God was going to change his right for you, that God couldn't use you anymore. The devil is a lie. You have not sinned so much that it's going to make God's word not come to pass in your life. God's word is stronger than your mess up. His word is stronger than your flub up. His word is stronger than your horrible sin and people that are healthy in God have enough sense to understand that if God is for me no matter what I have accomplished in this earth or what I ruined in this earth he will never be against me and the church said now that's powerful because that, that puts you in a place where now you've got to deal with the word and you've got to deal with the church. You've got to deal with the word and you've got to deal with what we taught you about the church. And the idea of the church is that once I am broken off from God, I must spend the rest of my life trying to reconnect with God. And that is religion. The difference between religion and relationship is that according to Dr. Miles Monroe, is that religion is man's attempt to please God. Relationship is God coming down to build friendship with man you have to know this that when you got saved you didn't find God 
God found you. Are you following me? The same way he said, Adam, where are you? And Adam could not properly tell God where he was. God came and found Adam and helped Adam understand that I'm behind the bush. Adam could not find God. God had to find him. I want you to see how supernatural this thing is because the Bible teaches us that those of us that believe it is a spiritual act that you've got the nerve to believe that somebody who was God would put on a body and come to the earth and that he would be born without a man's seed in his body and he would be perfect and he would be sinless. That sounds nuts. And you're so crazy, you believe that that man died and when he died, he got up again three days later. That is even more abstract and absolutely nutty. It is so nutty, it'll make you say that cannot be taken literal. It has to be taken figuratively. The problem is, is that the greatest historians in the history of the earth, which are our Jewish community, have a record of this guy having come to the earth and not having a natural father and having lived and fulfilled all of the prominent prophetic scripture and having died and having had people see him after he said he died I wish I had some help in here and for whatever reason you with your crazy self believe that you are saved by believing on what he did that is why we call you believers there is nothing logical in that regard. If I told you right now that there's going to be money to fall out the sky, you'd laugh at me because it's irrational. But telling somebody that money is going to fall out the sky is just as irrational as telling somebody that Jesus died for your sins. And one of them with your sound mind, you have chosen to say that is hogwash. But the other, because it goes past your mind and pulls on your spirit and makes a truth out of I wish I had some help in here. I wish I had some help in here. It made you say yes, God, and amen. Because, watch this, because you didn't chase God, God chased you. God is so in love with you, he'll chase you. God is so in love with you, he will make coincidences to find you. God is so in love with you, you'll look up one day and say, I don't know why, but I'm getting ready to go to the household of faith. God is so in love with you, he'll keep making faith hit you in the faith until you say, God, what is this that's happening to me? Let me ask more questions about the question. This is the way God operates. And when there is dis-ease in the earth, the way that Adam had dis-ease in the earth, Adam did not have an answer for how to create easement in his his life again so God had to come find him and then tell Adam that the way he covered his nakedness was not sufficient enough which means Adam took the Bible teaches us he took leaves and he covered himself and he covered his wife and God helped him understand like these leaves are going to wither away and they're going to die so what I have to do is I have to kill an animal and what I'll do with the animal is I'll take the skin watch this to cover your skin <laughs> See, you were trying to get leaves to cover your skin, but leaves cannot take the place of skin. Skin has to take the place of skin. He said that's why it is critical that you understand why Jesus had to become a man because mankind is what sinned. God didn't sin. Man sinned. So now in order to cover the sins of man, a man had to come and cover a man. The skin had to come and cover a skin. God, I'm going to help you till y'all get this. 
the skin had to cover a skin and the man had to cover a man and now the penalty of, of, of sin is that we would die and this is what it was is that Jesus now stands for us and he becomes what we call the sacrificial lamb now behold the lamb the sacrificial lamb he is that sacrificial lamb that we sing about he is the one that gave his life as a ransom that we sing about and now he dies so that you and I do not have to pay that price and by faith for whatever reason you have chosen to believe that this is the way that God fixed the disease in the earth he made it work and then he said I want you to be healthy he said now that it's put back together and order is back together he says I want you to stay healthy I want you to find a way to stay healthy how do I find a way to stay healthy pastor he said first and foremost it is my desire that your life would prosper but your life can't prosper if your mind is crazy your life can't prosper if you have chemical imbalances in your mind. Your life can't prosper, watch this, if you harbor anger and hurt and discontentment in your heart. Your life cannot prosper. I want you to prosper, but you're too angry to prosper. I want you to be whole, but you are too consistently committed to your madness. He says, I want you to be prosper, but you cannot prosper if you are going to believe a lie like it is the truth. A lie about what? A lie about your origin. A lie about your aptitude a lie about how you get healed a lie about your deliverance a lie about where you are in this life have y'all gotten to the place are y'all mature enough to get to be able to look at your life and say this ain't it are y'all mature enough or are you still trying to make yourself believe that this is everything God promised you but you know some of us have gotten to the point in our lives where we're able to look at our lives and say God this can't be what you promised me Lord, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm mad about it. I'm not saying I'm frustrated about it. But what I am saying is, God, you promised me more than where I am right now. And I'm not going to make my hell be a heaven because I don't want people to know that I'm in the hell of my life. I'm not going to try to make my mess be, become something good because I don't want people to know that I found myself in a mess. The one thing that God will not tolerate is people that are going to lie to themselves about where they are in this life. And when it comes to our health, uh, yeah, like, Pastor, when are you going to get back to going to the gym? I'm back. When it comes to your health, it is not okay where you are. It's not okay for you to try to make where you are something that is not. It's just high blood pressure. All I take is one pill. That's all I take. I just take one set of pills. I don't, I ain't, I'm, and then, you know, we go to the comparison game. Is that I'm not like such such such. She take three pills. She got to take one in the morning. She got to take two for this. And then she got to take one for that. I don't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe that God wants us delivered from so many crutches in our lives. I, I'm going to. I believe that God wants us delivered from so many crutches in our lives. And do you understand that there are many, many of your natural healings, your body, body healings that are directly associated with what you put in your body? I got this cool little car. Y'all know I be driving around the city in my car. I be thinking I'm somebody sometimes. And, and, and on, on our car, on my car, it says really big, put super unleaded gas only, premium gas only. That's what it says. And it's like real big. I've had a lot of cars in my day. And some of the cars didn't care what kind of gas I put in it. But this particular car says premium gas only only it's like big too it's right on the thing premium gas only but you know me i understand you know i'm gonna test the limits i'm gonna see what i can get away with and especially when they decide they're gonna make gas four dollars and eighty cents 
Amen. In San Diego, as soon as they made their mind up that gas was going to be 485, I was going to train my car on a different kind of gas. So what I, <laughs> I'm going to train my car on a different kind of gas. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to train my car on different. So what I did is I took my car in, and I was like, okay, I'll try the medium gas. And I popped the medium gas in, and I really liked what it looked like for how much money I paid for the gas. I felt like the Spirit of the Lord had spoken, and price tag that I was looking at was working for my sensibilities and I got to driving now watch this I got to driving and everything seemed to be okay I didn't have a problem day one day two I didn't have a problem you know because watch this because the car was still running off the gas that was premium and then what happens is when the gas that's not premium starts mixing with what is premium that's why you got to watch who you hang around because it's easier to pull Boy, it's easy to pull you down than it is to pull you up. And all of a sudden, I'm, my engine was running really rough. And I'm like, oh, God, it's finally time. My engine is blown out. And I called the guy. I said, hey, man, I'm going to come in for an oil change. I'm going to come in for all of this. I just talked to the man Friday. I'm going to come in for an oil change. I'm going to do all this stuff Monday morning. He said, I said, he said, why? I said, man, because my engine is starting to shake on my car, man, and I hate this. I said, man, how much is this going to cost me? And he asked me a question. He said, the first question he asked is, what kind of gas have you put in it? I said, man, I put in, you know, the medium grade regular. The, the regular. That's what I put in, in the gas. And he said, you have a premium car. You cannot put in cheap gas in a premium car. Watch it. And expect it to operate right. Now, watch what I'm telling you. He said, watch this. Now, I was scared to death thinking this was about to be a $2,500 hit. And I'm like, I got these babies coming. And I got his wife and kids. Lord, I don't need no $2,500 hit. I got it. I'm trying to tell you I don't want no $2,500 hit. Watch what. Watch this. Because I'm going to help you understand something about the way Satan. Watch this. There there was a $19 difference between the cheap gas and the good gas. And I was risking a $2,500 issue over 19 God, I wish I'm going to help somebody in this house. If you just raise your standard a little bit and hold it, it costs you more to lower your standard than it costs you to maintain. I need somebody that's ready to walk in God's standard to raise your voice and give God a shout of praise because there is a standard. I can't afford to eat healthy. You can't afford not to eat healthy. You know why? Because open heart surgery is more expensive than whole foods. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Ask somebody. Ask somebody. Now, I'm going to give you these scriptures, and I'm going to get you out of here real quick. Uh, 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 because salvation is God's way of repairing what has been diseased. I want you to understand what salvation is. If you write notes, write this note down. Salvation, soter, or sozo, which is the basic word <coughs> for for salvation. It's a church word. We say saved when we talk about people that God has come to redeem and that God has fallen in love with and that God has now... Uh, uh, so teared us or sozoed us so tear where we get the word soteriology it is it means salvation soteriology is the study of salvation how did we get saved why is it important what are the proofs in the earth about salvation <clears throat> and and so tear is an important word for you to understand 
because it is the, one of the most interesting words in our Bible. In our Bible, when the Bible talks about salvation or saved, it is using some derivative of sozo. So tear ends up ultimately being the Greek word that is oftentimes using. It is one of those interesting words that doesn't have to have a preposition or have to have a suffix attached to it. You never have to say saving or saved duh when you're reading the Bible in the original language because in the one word it says all of the things when it says that you are saved uh, that God has given us salvation and that we are saved what the scripture is what the word is saying is that you are saved right now in present you have been saved uh, in past and you are being saved or will be saved in the future there is no differentiate don't don't let don't let don't let uh, perspective mess you up up on how thoroughly and how good God saved you. God has saved you, he is saving you, and you will be saved if you saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I need you to get that because what religion tells us is religion tells us that God is only saving right now. And if by chance I start to operate in sin, I am no longer saved. Duh. When the scripture teaches us that when a person becomes born again, they have been saved because he always saw you saved and that you are saved right now because he's covering you right now and he's got provision in your future to make sure that you're saved. Now, pastor, that makes absolutely no sense because I grew up in the church of whatever and I grew up in the such and such and such and Baptist association and I grew up in the this, this, this is Pentecostals of the universe and this is why we believe that you are preaching heresy is that if you sin you fall away from your grace with God well that does sound good the problem is that it's not just not what the Bible teaches the Bible doesn't teach that God that that one word a very interesting word it doesn't have a prefix it doesn't have a suffix it means all of it at the same time so when God says I saved you he says I saved you before you got here and even knew you wanted to be saved I saved you when you thought you made a commitment that you wanted to walk with me and I'm going to keep saving you as you go on in this journey of life now can I help you understand saved the idea behind saved is simply this and I'm almost done with you but the idea of saved is simply this it is a matter of perspective the reality of it is is that we see life linear God doesn't operate linear God has a bird's eye view of everything it's like right now if you jumped in the car and you started to drive back to your house you are subject to the traffic that you don't know exists it doesn't mean that the traffic was there because you drove into it. It doesn't mean that it got created for you as you were going. It doesn't mean that the traffic wasn't there when you started. You are subject to the traffic you drive in because you are driving on a linear path. Now, your GPS, if you got an iPhone, your GPS is at the level where it will start to tell you where all of the accidents are so that you can create a route to get you home safely. The difference between man and God is perspective. You got to understand that when you're driving, you when you're doing your life, you're doing your life linear. You got saved today at the City of Hope and you're feeling good about yourself. And in a year and a half, you fall into sin, traffic 
topic of your life. You wasn't expecting her to be that fine, but she was. And you wasn't expecting your marriage to be the way it was, but it was. And you wasn't expecting there to be a spark, but it did. And you made a major mistake in your life. And then God and, and the, the church who watches you linear will say, see, you're not saved because you are operating in the traffic of your life. Now, as time goes on, your wife smacks you upside the head. You are forgiven in your house. You restore your marriage through counseling and forgiveness. And you move. And a year down the line, you're back on track. And you're moving in the calling that God has over your life. The church says, look, you gave your life back to Christ. You're saved again. Until five years down the line, you go to work. And your boss starts getting on your nerves. And use one of them words that you don't like to be used. And you take your open hand, not a closed hand. That's what you're going to tell HR. You go, you took an open hand and you gave them the right hand of fellowship right in the middle of sir of, of work day and they sent you home and the church will look at you and say the man of God fighting at work you are not saved and then a few weeks later you feel better about yourself and you and you've done everything the church wants to see you do you fall at the altar and you cry and do all the church stuff to make us say yeah he must be repentant and you uh, you know and then we say you're saved again that's linear living that is living like you're driving I hit traffic ah and then I'm free from traffic and then I hit traffic again ah I'm free the reason why God can say that you have always been saved and you are not saved when you're driving free and not saved when you're in traffic is perspective he's not linear he is omniscient he is all up everywhere all at the same time he is looking at the bird's eye view and he knows where all of the traffic stops are he knows the begin the beginning and he knows that eventually you're going to make it home so when God says that I saved you he's not saying that I saved you until you hit traffic God is saying I've considered all the traffic that I see and I'm looking at the end and you're going to make it to the end and I, y'all ain't talking back to me in here, I need somebody that ever felt like God had left them in their worst moments of behavior the worst moments of their life that God I'm not saved and I'll carry the guilt of it, I'm here to tell you that God is watching your life from the top of the view and when he put you in the earth he said you are saved, you will be saved watch this and you're gonna finish this thing saved and I can call you saved in your right now all right tell your neighbors tell them real quick say I'm all the way saved I'm all the way saved I'm all the way saved. I slip up, but I'm all the way saved. I'm, 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 I'm walking, but I'm all the way saved. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm moving, but I'm all the way saved. I, I'm not always the best, but I'm all the way saved. I know, I know what I'm all the way. I'm not all the way right, but I am all the way saved. Y'all are not talking back to me in here. I need somebody to give God a praise because whom the sun sets free is not only free when they're doing good behavior. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I need your help. Watch this. I need you to understand something. I need you to understand something. Stay with me. Because I made this up in person, so it's going to be, you know, usually I try to put my examples together and have Pastor Bill make them real cool for y'all, but I made this up in first service. It worked in first service, so we're going to try it again in second service, right? See, it's already not going the way I planned it. Here, let me get it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Amen. See, just like God and man, right? Always trying to do it ourselves. Right? Now hold on to it. 
Now, I want you to understand something. This is the way God operates. For those of you that don't know, back, back up. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. The way that God operates, the way that God operates is that when we are in relationship with God, we are near to God. And this is why God loves us so much because we have this tendency to think that we have the ability to go so far from God that he won't want us back. But God said that I am married to the backslider. Now, you got to understand how marriage worked in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the woman did not have the right to walk away from her husband. Her husband had to, walk, had to give her a right of divorce for her to leave. So she was connected to him even if she wasn't in relationship with him. That's why God was able to say that I'm married to the backslider. He calls the church the, the bride and called himself the groom so that we would understand that in this relationship with him we are the female counterpart he is the male counterpart according to ancient tradition. So he says that okay you're going to go through a season where you're not saved and you think you're going to get away from me. He says that I'm still going to be married to you and this is the way that God operates as you start to drift from him. God, God See God watches this Stop, stop walking. What God does is God has, well, stay with me now, God has ultimate faith in his salvation power, but he doesn't have a lot of trust in your ability to believe that. So what God does is he allows himself of his word over your life and as you think you're walking away as a backslider God will let you get so far before the Holy Ghost will stop you from the direction watch this and he won't just stop you from walking away with love and kindness will I draw you back to me God help me. so that's why you thought you could get away but you found yourself here at church today because God loves you so much he saved you so thoroughly that while you're trying to walk away he says I won't let you go on the other side because on the other side is your destruction on the other side is your heartache on the other side is your fall down I love you so much that I'll pull the rope before you give up your destiny and for that I give God the praise because he stops me when I've gone too far thank you, thank you. Thank you. all right write these scriptures down Write these scriptures down. I think I, I, think I turned off my, 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 uh, my, my pointer, so y'all get me in the back. Write these scriptures down. Go, go to the next scripture real quick for me. I want you to see what we put down. This is what he tells him. He says that I will restore. I want you to see what God's promise is for your life. His desire is that we would be in good health. But he promised this to you. He said that I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, saith the Lord. He said I will restore, particularly some of you that are struggling in your physical bodies right now. God's promise is that I'll restore it. If you do the part that you're supposed to play, God promised promised us that by his salvation power within the realm of salvation is his ability to heal of sickness and disease. His healing is a part of the salvation covenant. This is why he tells us that I will restore health to those that are back in right relationship to me. That is God's promise to you. Now that, watch this, because of the fall, you're not going to live forever but you don't have to live your whole life puffing on something and taking pills for something and in 
injecting yourself with something. You don't have to live your whole life that way. God is saying that I will bring strategy in your, in your direction so that you can be restored to the kind of health that will allow you to do the will of God for your life. Here's what God doesn't want. God doesn't want you so strong in spirit and so um, zealous about doing the will of God that your mind is ready to go but your body is saying you got to sit down somewhere. Your mind wants to heal the world, but your heart says, I can't get on an airplane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your mind says, I can't wait to have great, to have these children. Your body says, but you can't bend over. Mm-hmm. All right? So God says that I'll restore health to you. Write this down, write this down. That's God's promise. Here's God's reminder to you. He reminds you this. His reminder is Jeremiah 33 and 6. He says, every time that you start feeling like it's not for you, I will bring health and healing to you. He says, I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace. Watch this. And security. That word secure is connected to salvation. They will enjoy, enjoy peace and they will enjoy their salvation. They won't be saved and dancing and going to heaven. And, and the whole journey of their life, it will be one sickness after another sickness. Y'all still with me in the balcony? This, and this is important that we get this. This is a part of your covenant. It's a part of your, it should be included in your prayer life that you, that you remind God that, God, this is your promise for my life. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to cut back on my sugars and, cut, and add veggies to my life. I'm trying to move my body a little bit and shed off some of the excess weight. But, God, I'm going to need you to help me with my back. I'm going to need you to help me with my knees. And this is the way God operates. Sometimes it becomes a supernatural thing. And then other times it becomes God working through the natural mediums of your life. I was just talking to a brother. Uh, maybe about two months ago one of my, my buddies <clears throat> didn't realize that he was a, a lineman when we all played sports and he was a big guy over 300 some odd pounds and he put a lot of pressure on his hips and he was really struggling with his hips and he was just doomed that this was going to be the rest of his life he had trimmed down from 350 to about 240, 230 he looked great but the, 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 the weight had done its damage on his body and he had been praying and asking God you you know for healing and all this kind of stuff a faith person and he just didn't know that there was a natural way for him to be made whole he calls and while we're at the NFL the, the, the conversation but somebody brought up to him you do realize that the National Football League will pay for a hip replacement for you and he broke into a holy praise Y'all better hear what I'm saying. Because watch this because see what religion will tell you is that it's gonna all fall from the sky. He said this is a miracle I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. This is a miracle. God will take you into information that you didn't even know existed to bring miracles to pass in your life. Because when God says that I'm going to bring health to you, he doesn't just mean I'm going to bring supernatural health. He said, now I'll make a doctor give you a discount. God, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. If you got the nerve to ask for it, God is going to find somebody to give you your yes. That's your reminder. Here's God's instruction, however. All right? It's instruction, and then we'll give you the last one. God's instruction is don't associate with people that, that do too much of, too, of nothing and expect yourself to be healthy. He said, don't, don't associate yourself with people that drink too much, people that eat too much. Now, <clears throat> understand that this is a greater context that he's trying to express. What he's trying to express is 
is when you need help, that means you're already at a deficit. And while all of that might work for somebody that's perfectly healthy, it's not going to work for you if you are operating on a deficit. So he says, don't put yourself around people that do too much drinking or too much uh, 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 stuff to themselves with food. He said, don't put yourself around, around people that are going to hurt what you're trying to progress in. He's not making people bad. He's not calling out names. He's not saying that people are bad to do. What he's saying is that when you need health, you cannot find yourself in an environment that will cause you to stay injured. Amen. Boy, y'all like, really? Uh-huh, really. You cannot stay in a place that will cause you to be injured. All right? So this is his challenge. This is his instruction. Get to healthy places. Get to places that can help you be healthy in your heart and in your mind. Get around folks that will help you work through the things that you're dealing with. Don't, find your, don't be alone in your journey of getting whole and becoming healthy. Find people that are going uh, to push you through and find a commitment to your health. Are you hearing what I just said to you? Find people that are committed to staying healthy. How many of you remember Sister Felicia? How many of y'all remember Felicia? Uh, she passed away of cancer eventually but when I met Felicia 14, it's been about 13, 14 years ago when I, met Fel, when I met Felicia and when I met Felicia she was in stage 4 cancer when I met her and she was dying when I met her part of the reason she came to the church is that she heard a friend of mine said it was a great church and she said that I'm dying of cancer 14, I'm dying of cancer that's what she told me 13 years ago I want you to see how God will work with you in your healing is that she, we just buried her maybe about 3 years ago, 2 years ago uh, so it was about 13 years I had known her when she walked in and she had stage 4 cancer when I met her she, she said pastor I'm dying that's what she told me when I met her 13 years ago she, she was dying for 13 <clears throat> okay she, for 13 years she was dying okay I'm going to help you I can't just say. For, she had been dying for 13 years she was, she was when, they, when, the, when she came to me, she was, the doctor has said that I'm going to die, and I'm about to die, and I need a miracle, I'm going to die. And then for 13 years, she was going to die because, because, because the death sentence that was supposed to kill her within six months, God extended the warranty on her life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And here's what you've got to understand is that it's not just about God laying his hands on you. She had to keep fighting for her victory because some seasons cancer would go away and then it would come back and then it would go away and then it would come back. She was more committed to living than cancer was committed to killing her. And that has to be the journey of people that want to be made whole. You have to be committed to being made whole. I'm preaching to somebody in here. Who's committed to being made whole in this? room that's his that's his thing that's God's instruction he says so you got to stay away from everything that's committed to pulling you down so that you can keep your commitment to living amen and the final thing I want you to get I want you to write this down is that God's bigger picture watch what Paul says Paul says that training is of some value but godliness is value for all things he says holding the promises of both the present and in things to come he says that training getting your body fit is a good thing. Go ahead, you can play. He said, getting your body together is a good thing. He said, that's a wonderful thing because everybody in this room should make a commitment to being healthier, to being healthier. Most of y'all know I got a sweet tooth and I, 
I like I like sweet stuff. That's what I do. And every now and then I have to fast from sweet things and I've got to cut down things. And y'all know it's that time of the year where it's all about candy and and the devil has hit my house. He has hit my house right now. And 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 I'll tell you how how the devil works. The devil will make you sneak. devil will make you sneak and and here's the funny thing the devil always operates in twos you know how when somebody yawn you feel like yawning too when you hear somebody in the candy it make you want to go get some candy too and now both y'all going to hell so I want you to see how that works you see watch what he says he said it's it's got value and you should take better care of yourself. And you should get yourself in, a, in, a, in some, some kind of group that can help you manage the things that you have going wrong. And listen to me, young people. Listen to me, young people. I want you to understand that if you neglect yourself young, it does catch up to you when you're older. Don't think you can get around and just run your heart to no end with all kinds of stuff in your heart and in your lungs. Don't think you can run your lungs any kind of way. Don't think you can run your kidneys any kind of way, run your liver any kind of way. It catches up to you. Sick old people are usually reckless young people. You hear what I just said? So take notice of your body because God says that I want you to be, I want you to watch that. Now, Pastor, we're not dancing and shouting and falling on the floor, but I just gave you something that's going to help you with life. That God said, that God said, I didn't say this, God said it, amen? But he said, keep the bigger picture in mind that while you can have muscles and be in great shape, if you're not in good shape with relationship with God, you still miss the bigger picture. That health is a mind and soul. Stand to your feet all over this world. Stand to your feet. I just happen to live with a certified nutritionist. It just so happened that way that my life has been so healthy because of the food we eat and the places we shop and this and that and I got green stuff coming out my ears and didn't even know green things tasted good. Except for grains. <laughs> Which generally tasted better when they weren't good for me. And now I had to change something about my life patterns so that I could be around for all the things that I have authority over. Amen? I had to change some things about my life pattern so that I could be healthy and present for all the things that I have authority over. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Not that I ever really did a lot of bad habits, but there are some habits that, that I do, I struggle with. And maybe you're in this place and you're saying, you know what, Pastor T, man, I do. I got some real bad habits that mess my emotional health up. They're ruining my spiritual health. They're ruining my, my physical health. I just got some bad habits. And I need to break some of those habits. I need, I need some help breaking these habits. And the first place I'm going to start is with my relationship with because I want to be healthy for real and not just healthy out of my mouth. I want to be healthy for real and not just out of my mouth. I want my body to regulate itself, not medicines to have to regulate it for me. And if I do have to have medications, Lord, I don't want to be on it for the rest of my life. Give me the tips and give me the tools of how I can get back to homeostasis in the name of Jesus. 
that if I have caused irreparable damage to my journey, then Father, don't let me act like I'm not sick. Don't let me be blinded to the fact that I need help. Every person in this room has needed help for one thing or another. If the engine on your car went out, you take it to a man and get some help. If the engine on your, on, on your, on your, your cell phone went out, you take it to a woman and she'd help you out. Every place of our lives that we want to be working properly, we generally go get help for. I want you to want your heart to work properly. I want you to want your lungs to work properly. I want you to want your kidneys and your liver to work properly. I want you to want because God wants it to work properly. I want your lungs to work properly. I want your eyes to work properly. I want your hearing to work properly. I want your, I want your hands to work properly. And if there is a way that there can be repair through salvation, through the promises of God, and the way that God operates, I want you to take advantage of them with reckless abandon. Go and live your best life in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're also saying that, Pastor, is that where you leave this? No, that's not where I leave this. Perhaps you're saying, hey, man, that my spirit is just as broken as my body. Maybe you're saying that my heart toward God is what's messed up. Maybe you're saying, you know what, Pastor, just my general disposition toward life is just not there. And I need to be sozo. I need to be healed. I need to be therapy, oh, therapy, healed. I need to have that happen in my life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. But if I'm talking to you and you're saying, Pastor, I need help in some of these areas. Maybe you have sickness in your body. Maybe you have cancer. We're wearing these pink shirts. Everybody's got on pink to, to bring awareness to cancer. My mother had cancer and breast cancer. You guys understand that. Most of you understand that. But God was a healer. He helped us identify it. Then God blessed her with the right surgical team and physician to pull out all of the cancer. And I believe she's like 24, 25 years cancer-free this year by the grace of God. Amen? Don't ignore the lumps in your breast or the abnormal things on your skin. Don't, don't go, this is your body. You only get one of these. You get one of these. And maybe, so maybe I'm talking to you. Maybe you're saying, Pastor, I need, I need prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer. I got some things going on in my body. I need prayer. I want you to come down to the front. I want to pray with you. Don't you wait on anybody. Move out of your seat and come down while they're anointing for healing and anointing for recognizing the, the ailments and issues are present. I want you to move, 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 move. He said that by his stripes we are healed. If you're in the balcony, I'm 